Okay, I know I wore this hoodie very recently in a previous episode, but let's ignore that and uh, just pretend that never happened because I've been wearing this hoodie all day and it's very comfortable and I really like it. So let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're doing Over Easy episode 11, I think. Yeah, 11. I'm very excited for today's episode. I feel like I say, I, I feel like I intro every single episode the same way. I need to think of some different ways to intro an episode, but let's just hop right into uh, the rosebud and thorn because this week has been pretty exciting for me, to be honest. Okay, my first rose. Also, the lighting's going to be coming in and out because I think it's a little overcast today, so I'm sorry in advance for the video watchers. My rose, as I was saying, my good thing that's happened this week, I am so excited, is that I started going back to the gym again. Now, if you've been watching for a little while or just know me in person, before COVID hit, I got really into weightlifting and going to the gym. I started in June or July of 2019 and then went all the way up until COVID hit pretty much. And I was really, really into weightlifting and going to the gym. It became like a very steady part of my routine and I just really, really enjoyed it. You know, I met a lot of people at the gym, would say hi to them every morning when I went and stuff like that. So I would, uh, I was a, a gym rat, you could say. I think I really am and it's part of my identity, but I was really sad that I couldn't go to the gym for like the bulk of COVID. You know, I live with my grandparents and my mom and stuff like that. So I have to be careful and just be conscious. And I was really, really sus. And my mom was also very, very iffy about going to the gym. And I know Vancouver right now or BC in general is hitting a fourth wave currently, but I have faith in the vaccinated and also just being careful while in public. So I decided to go back to the gym this week. Today's Tuesday. I started literally yesterday. I signed up yesterday and I went. And I'm so happy. I literally think it's been giving me like extra endorphins and I have been in such a good mood these past two days. I just love going to the gym. So that's my rose. And I think also I mentioned last week how I was kind of nervous about kind of getting into a new routine. Well, I kickstarted my new morning routine because I started going to the gym. You know, I wake up at six now and then I do all my morning stuff and then I go to the gym, come back, shower, and then I'm ready for the day. And I feel like it's been going really, really well. Granted, it has only been two days so far, but I really, really enjoy it. And I think it's been going great so far. And I really, really like when I get up early because it makes me feel very productive and also just like I'm not wasting the day and I have a lot of time in the day, but I've just been so happy and I feel like I'm talking so fast right now, but I just can't explain how happy I am right now. <laughs> Yesterday I did legs and then today I'm do I did arms. Tomorrow I'm going to go and do abs and back and I'm very excited. I've also been wanting to try the fitness classes that my gym provides, but it's kind of been hard with my schedule just because I've been working a bit more this week. So we'll figure it out, but I'm so excited for just life in general right now because I get to go to the gym and stuff like that. There's not a lot of people that go because I go at the very early time slot. So it's been a great week so far. My bud is I'm genuinely really, really looking forward to school in both an excited and an anxious way. The excited part, obviously, because I haven't been to school in over a year and a half and it's just been a really, really long time. I've been going to campus here and there just to meet up with friends and do random stuff, but 
it's like really, really made me miss going to campus and I'm really, really excited to go back to school this year. I hope everything, like knock on wood, that everything is okay for the first semester because like I said, COVID right now has been having a fourth wave just because of everything going on. But hopefully it's okay and we'll be fine for this semester. But I'm very, very excited for school. I'm also just quite anxious because... COVID is still a legit thing. Obviously, even if you're vaccinated and doing the best measures, you can still get COVID, which makes me a little bit nervous. So hopefully everything is fine. I'm just so excited to go back to campus, go to classes, see friends and see people and just not be at home 24-7 because it has been very boring. Not really boring, just very monotonous, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, that's my bud. Okay, my thorn is quite random and a little bit touchy, so just a little trigger warning. I've, I guess it's not purposeful, but I've been having weird eating habits. I get really, really hungry. I don't know if I'm not eating enough or I'm not like snacking. I don't know what it is because it feels like at all three meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I eat enough and I am very full by the end of the meal other than breakfast. The last few years, I've been kind of cutting down on breakfast. I used to eat a lot in the morning, but now I eat a little less just because in the morning, my stomach is not, I'm not that hungry in the morning. And if I eat too much, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. But at lunch and dinner, for sure, I feel like I eat a lot and I get very, very full. Not very, very full, but just like full enough. Like I genuinely feel full, but I just get so hungry so fast. So I feel like I need to constantly be snacking and stuff like that because I don't know I just get so hungry and then if I'm hungry I also get hangry especially when I work because when I work it's like an afternoon shift that pushes my dinner a little later so then I get really really hangry by the end of the shift and it's just not a pleasant experience so I don't know what's going on with me. I want to try and think of some snacks that I can bring to school and eat after my workouts and stuff like that so that this doesn't happen. But I'm also scared because like I've never eaten this much before, I feel like. I've never really been someone who eats a lot. If you know me in real life, actually, I don't think a lot of people know this, but my family, we just eat so little just compared to the regular person. Usually when we go out to like a an American restaurant, like a white restaurant, I guess you could say, like Cactus Club or something like that. We order, if there's like five people, we order usually three entrees and an appetizer just because we don't eat that much. And the portions at those kinds of restaurants are so big that none of us can finish it. And we always have a lot of like food that we have to bring home or take out. So I've never been one to eat a lot, but recently in the last six months a year or so I feel like I've been eating a lot more than before and I'm still very hungry so I think I just need to eat more I guess because it does make sense I mean I'm getting more active now I'm you know starting to work out again and also like back on campus like we're gonna be walking around so much so I think I just need to eat more but that's been my thorn because like sometimes during the day I'm just so hungry and it's not remediable fixable whatever the word is 
But on a related note, kind of, one of the snacks that I've been loving is those flat pretzel chips. I get them at Costco, but they're like pretzels, but they kind of are flat and they have different flavors. They have a blue package, which is the original. That's the one that's my favorite. They have a green, which is like Parmesan and stuff like that. And I've been loving that for my snack because usually I'll dip it in hummus or guac or cream cheese and it's just so good. So good. So good. So good. Anyways, that's my rosebud and thorn for the day. I feel like I've had so much to say just because I think it's been a while since I filmed an episode. I'm not even sure. Also, I want to vlog again, so expect some more vlogs coming because it is back to school season and I'm going to be filming a bunch of stuff. So excited. Anyways, let's get into the bulk of the episode. Today, we are doing a Reddit recap slash review. Now, if I was a bigger podcast and I had, you know, thousands of people listen to me, which would be quite terrifying, I would honestly ask for questions from the audience and ask for advice. But I don't know, right now, I don't really want to ask you guys just because sometimes I feel like there's a, like, I personally would never submit questions, you know what I mean? So I feel like I wouldn't want to ask or pressure you guys to like share your personal stories. So we're going to go on Reddit. I found a few stories that I thought would be interesting to share and I would share my advice and my opinions and stuff like that. But before we begin, just in case you don't know what Reddit is, you are very wholesome and so special. Reddit is basically like a forum website where people post anonymously about all different types of things. There's different subreddits or like different communities for different topics. So for example, I am in the UBC subreddit. I'm in the Animal Crossing subreddit. There's also some for cooking for beginners. There's also like Glossier has one. Um, makeup for beginners, stuff like that. There's any like different topic that you want to talk about, there is most likely a subreddit on it. And that's where people go and talk about different topics. They like post questions or stories and stuff like that. So today I'm going to be going over a few stories and questions that people have posted and just talk about what I would do in that situation and also my, not advice because I don't think they're ever going to see this podcast, but just what I would do in that situation. Okay, so we're going to start with a few rapid fire questions. So these are not very long and just more rapid fire. The first one is from the subreddit that is askwoman, r slash askwoman. Women who have based their self-worth on being in relationships in the past, how did you overcome this? So I don't think I personally put my self-worth in being in a relationship because I think, hmm, actually now that I think about it, I don't know. I don't think I see my self-worth in being in a relationship or not, but when I am in a relationship, it took me a very long time to not place my self-worth in the other person and get validation from the other person. Now, my my current relationship is very healthy and I feel like I am an individual outside of the relationship and in the relationship, but in my first one, I couldn't really say the same. I would say a lot of my validation and what I chose to do came from the other person, my partner, and just what they liked and what they preferred, even if it wasn't aligning with my values. And I think from an outsider's perspective, like, you know, when you tell your girlfriends about this situation, your girlfriends are always like, oh, like, just just do whatever you want, like, you know, but it is a lot easier said than done. Like, I think all girls, all females, all people, I don't know, some people at least, want to have the idea that oh they are very independent outside of their relationship and they're not clingy or dependent on their partner for validation stuff like that but 
to be honest, like it just can't be done for a lot of people, like especially if it's your first relationship or just a lot of extenuating factors or just anything in general that can just affect how you feel in the relationship. I think for me, though, one part of it was just growing up and time in general and having space to grow up and just live life. I realized, oh, there's a lot to life other than a relationship. But I also think, and I've said this many, many times before, so I feel like I might be a broken record, but it is really important to have different components of your identity. Obviously, it becomes one homogenous thing that is your identity like a little ball but what I kind of imagine is that there are a lot of different parts of your identity right so for me for example when I started going to the gym that became a big part of what I loved about myself and what I loved to do on my own and I would say like going to the gym and being a gym rat is honestly a big part of my identity right now and you don't necessarily have to pay for these activities or like consider paid activities for your identity like what I mean by that is you don't have to it, it just it's not like a classist perspective like I think I think anyone can achieve different parts of their identity no matter their circumstances it might be a little easier for some people but I think a lot of people are able to regardless of their social standing or the amount of money that they may have Because there's a lot of different activities just like going on a walk, going outside. Exercise can look like a lot of different forms that don't necessarily mean you're spending money at the gym, right? Like you go cycling on your own. You can walk by the river in your town or whatever. So I think when you're thinking of parts of your identity, you should think about your values and also what kind of people you want to surround yourself with. A big part also is religion. That might also be a big part of your identity and that kind of affects the types of activities you choose and stuff like that. The only reason I say that is because I'm going to an event later today on campus and it's for a Christian club that my friend is a part of. I'm not Christian, but I really enjoy learning about religion and just soaking in what people have to think about and say so I usually like to surround myself with those kind of people so that I have the opportunity to learn about different points of view that I may never have thought of before but yeah I think finding different parts of your identity and finding different activities that you're interested in that takes up a lot of time first of all time that you may be like longing to hang out with your partner or longing to be with someone but also it it gives you a lot of satisfaction and a lot of other things and also places your satisfaction fully on yourself and not on someone else. So that's how I think a big piece that I think might help out someone if they're like feeling they need to be validated by a relationship. I also think nowadays dating and relationships is just such a hard topic to navigate, especially with social media and dating apps. Dating has just become such a weird topic. I was thinking about it in the car earlier today, actually. And I was thinking about like, if I didn't have a boyfriend, like dating would be very difficult and very hard to navigate, I feel like, as a 20-something-year-old in this current society. Anyways, my next question from the Reddit is, I believe this is from r slash ask Reddit. Uh, what food should you never order on a first date? I don't really have a particular story with this question. I just thought it'd be kind of fun and lighthearted. But I would say... Okay, this is kind of a deep answer, but don't order anything that isn't truly you, you know? I think a lot of females, or at least this is portrayed in the media a lot, which I hate. I think the media affects a lot of our 
thoughts about certain topics, even if no one actually thinks them. But a lot of the media portrays girls having to order salads and these light foods just because they don't want their partner or their date to see them as like a hungry person. I don't even know. If you're at a restaurant with a date, I don't think food should be the biggest concern. Obviously, I think you should be more focused on being able to connect with that person, learning about who that person is and all that kind of stuff. And the food should be the least of your worries. So honestly, if it were up to me, I would just say order anything you want because it'll be totally fine. I think a lot of people are like, oh, don't order spaghetti because the sauce gets all up in your shirt. But I think it'd be like a really funny experience to eat uh, spaghetti on a first date with someone that you barely know and having to navigate that and not get sauce on your dress or not get sauce all over you. It's pretty funny. I would say though, if you are lactose intolerant, don't get a lot of dairy on your first date just because I feel like it'll be uncomfortable for you. Your stomach might be like really gurgly and you might be like very gassy after. So don't eat anything that you're not comfortable with. It's all up to you. <laughs> I believe the next question is also from r slash ask reddit. How do we stop the rising obesity rate with half the US population projected, projected to be obese by 2030? This is a really tough question to navigate because I feel like body image, fitness culture, and diet culture is a very large part of our society nowadays. And it's kind of woven into every single trend or topic that comes across social media, especially on TikTok. I recently watched a documentary about how TikTok trends are so harmful because they promote European or Eurocentric beauty standards and just very harmful for a lot of people especially like the filters that they have on tiktok and stuff like that so i think this kind of ties into it while i believe obviously that there are different types of bodies and genetics plays a large role i think there are a lot of things that society can do to promote healthy eating and also exercise because i feel like a lot of kids nowadays are not educated correctly about those kinds of topics first of all i would say you know, physical education in schools has to be a much larger deal. In my high school or in RBC curriculum, I was allowed to skip PE after grade 10. So starting from grade 10 all the way to grade 12, I never had to do PE. And I honestly would not allow myself to do that if it were up to me. I should have prioritized my physical like activity and stuff like that. So I think having more PE blocks or just like more recesses, more lunches where you can go outside and play and just get active. I think that's a big part in de-stressing children, protecting their mental health and also promoting physical activity and also just making PE class more fun. I don't know. I don't know what they do nowadays in school, but a lot of times why a lot of people didn't enjoy PE or gym or whatever is because we had to do so many timed measures of things so we had to do like timed runs where we'd have to run I don't even remember what the most was but I think 800 meters was definitely one of them we had to run I think like a kilometer up to some points and stuff like that and why do we need to do that we're not training to be Olympic athletes we're not training to be marathoners we're just having fun we're trying to like raise our heart rate and enjoy physical activity take advantage of the fact that our bodies are mobile but I think those kinds of activities just make PE so daunting and even like anxiety inducing for so many kids also a big part is food and honestly I don't even know how to solve this problem I'm not one to 
solve it. I'm not trying to, but I think there needs to be more incentive to eat healthier. It's so easy to not, especially because unhealthy foods are more likely the ones that are more tasty, tasty, more likely the ones that are less expensive and just easier to access for a lot of people. You know, if you want to get vegetables or want to get healthy things, you most likely have to go to a more high-end grocery store, not just like a convenience store that's down the block. And that can be hard to access for a lot of people. So I think this ties a lot into basic human rights and capitalism we honestly should be given these healthy foods as a right people don't shouldn't have to worry about making ends meet and worrying about where their next meal is going to come from i think once we solve basic issues like that then we can start thinking about how are we going to promote a healthy lifestyle onto everybody it's also very hard because everyone's definition of healthy is very different healthy can look different on different body types so it is very hard but i think Before we even tackle this kind of issue as a society, we need to tackle the issues of making sure that people have access to healthy meals and if they don't, if they can't afford it and they can't pay for it, if the government has something in place, you know, like the food bank is always a good option, but how do we know that the food bank is always going to be able to guarantee healthy options for these people, right? I don't know. It's very hard to say and these kinds of questions make me think a lot about the society that we live in and stuff like that. And our last rapid fire question, also from r slash ask reddit, what's something in your routine that you know is unhealthy but you still choose to do it? So I picked this question with a specific answer in mind and the unhealthy thing that I do is that I use my phone and watch TikTok way too much before bed. Honestly, okay, it's not that much, but it's a lot more than I would like. Ideally, if it were up to me, I would stop using my phone as soon as I start brushing my teeth and doing my skincare and then read an hour before I go to bed, but it's just been a little too tempting and I'm not good at disciplining myself in this aspect and I just watch a little bit too much TikTok before I go to sleep at night. Some days I'm very, very good and I actually read like 30 minutes before I go to bed, but other nights I will watch TikTok up until I go to sleep, which is probably not the best idea. And I know it's bad. I know that I'm doing a bad thing as I'm doing it. Like I have full awareness that it is not good for me, but I just still choose to do it. I will say though, I think I am very disciplined in many other aspects of my life, getting to work out, eating healthy, like following a routine, doing my work, all that kind of stuff. I think I am extremely disciplined and more so than the regular person just because, I don't know, I really like following routines to a T, but this one with my phone and TikTok before bed is just not, I can't do it. And it's not even just TikTok. I think like if I deleted TikTok, if like that was your answer to me, it wouldn't work because I would just go on Instagram. Like it's just something about using my phone before bed and I think it's the fact that using my phone sometimes can be a relaxing time just because I don't need to have my brain on. Even though I like to read before bed, I still have to use my brain quite a bit while I am reading, you know, just to understand the plot, follow along with the story and stuff like that. But TikTok and social media and using my phone Truly, I do not need to have my brain on to do that and I can just listen to the fun music and sing along and just laugh if it's funny. So I understand why I do it, but I just really wish I wouldn't or I think I just need to like 
have a designated TikTok time before I turn off my phone for the night or something like that. I don't know, but it's just, it makes me really unhappy <laughs> that I do it. Okay, so that is the rapid fire section. We're going to go on to a bit of the longer stories that I found on Reddit. Okay, so this first one is from r slash relationship advice, where people post and ask for relationship advice. So I'm going to just read it through. Okay, so for context, the uh, person posting is a 20-year-old female and her boyfriend partner is a 25-year-old male. So my boyfriend gave his number to a girl in front of me and I don't know if I feel jealous or disrespected. We went volunteering at a festival this weekend and took MDMA. I also don't know what that is, but I think it's a type of drug. That's all I know. At some point, we were talking to two other volunteers, a man and a woman, and my boyfriend, who was completely blasted, started talking about music with the other girl and how he wishes they would meet up to jam sometime. They exchanged numbers, and all the while, I was standing next to him waiting for the conversation to end. I felt extreme jealousy at this point, which I know is not healthy, so I bottled it up. What bothers me the most is the embarrassing situation I had to go through, just standing there while my boyfriend of one year was giving his number to a girl he didn't even know. I tried talking about it to him. He told me she's a lesbian and thought that my main problem was the jealousy I felt. I told him that the problem was also the boundaries. I wish he asked himself the question, would my girlfriend be okay with this, before giving out his number. I play music too. Maybe he could have included me in the discussion as well. I don't know. There's something about the whole situation that makes me feel really uneasy. The other guy that we were with, who wasn't talking to them, kept looking at me and I'm pretty sure he was feeling bad. My main argument is that out of respect for him, giving my number to a random dude, even on MDMA, is something I'd never done. I'd have never done. I told him that I felt disrespected and we argued. Our relationship is at stake now. He told me my jealousy is unhealthy and I don't feel understood or respected. There's nothing he can do to fix what happened, so I asked him to be more careful about this next time it happens. Then the person edited the post, I think, after people started commenting. So edit, I was on MDMA too, and actually having a bad trip, partly because of this. The situation was making me feel so uncomfortable that I didn't even try to talk to them. I was just standing there feeling like absolute garbage. So there's a lot of elements to the story. And personally, I think I'm going to take out the part where she says they're on drugs. So I'm just going to imagine that they are sober because I feel like I may have, I would have related to this in some point if this happened to me. There's a lot of different issues that I'm trying to parse in my head right now. So I think the main issue is in the moment she bottled it up. Actually, I would have done that too. Let me think. Okay. To solve this issue, conflict resolution and stuff like that, because I think this couple is having a little bit of trouble with that. You guys need to set a time to agree to talk about this issue, even if it's something that's not important to your boyfriend. And if he's not willing to listen about that, then you need to consider whether this is a long-term partner because you need a partner that is willing to listen to your issues and compromise over these sorts of things. So first things first is like when you're talking about these conflicts and stuff like that, you need to set a time with your partner because you need to both be mentally ready and just open to this conversation. You know, if you keep trying to talk to him about it, like if you guys live together, for example, and you keep trying to talk about it while like he's washing the dishes or like he's trying to do his laundry or whatever, like that would not be a good idea because he's not ready to talk about it. So it's okay if he wants to wait a couple days and think about the issue. It sounds like he's taking this a lot more lightly than the girl is. So I'm going to say that he would have been willing to talk whenever, but if you don't have that mutual agreement, then I think conflict resolution can be a really difficult thing. And the actual issue itself. So I'm, I'm going to think. Okay. So 
if it were me in this situation and my boyfriend was giving out his number to a girl, like a random girl that he just met, even if she was a lesbian, I would still not be very okay with that. I think I personally would be a little bit uncomfortable and I'm going to admit I get jealous too. And I think I would have been jealous in that situation, especially if I didn't know that the other girl was a lesbian. So I feel like I totally empathize with this girl and like understand what she is feeling. I feel like a big part of this issue is actually the conflict resolution part, because now that I think about the actual thing that happened, he gave like the boyfriend gave the girl his number. I don't know what's happened after that. I'm like, if I assume I'm going to assume that nothing has happened and that both of them don't even remember. And maybe the girl like lost the slip of paper of with the boyfriend's number on it then I think I would actually, I would still be, I would have been jealous in the moment. Don't get me wrong. But I actually think I would be fine with that issue. I think the bigger part of this problem is actually the conflict resolution and the boyfriend not willing to hear out the girlfriend. So in that case, like I said before, I would come together at a mutually agreed time to talk about this issue and come to like with a few points, you know, a few I statements like, oh, I felt uncomfortable when you gave the girl your number because it felt like you didn't think of me or it didn't feel like you thought like you had a girlfriend or this is a personal boundary that I wish you wouldn't do or something like that. Very direct and concise statements that will let the boyfriend know that he's doing something wrong and that like the girlfriend would like if the boyfriend could change that. And I think that is okay to ask of another person because in my opinion, relationships are all about compromise and learning to be okay with like learning to live with the other person. So if that is a big deal to the boyfriend and the boyfriend's like, oh my God, you're so controlling or oh my God, you're taking this way out of proportion, then that is the bigger issue that I would think about maybe even ending the relationship just because depending on how he handles it, whether he gaslights her or isn't willing to compromise or isn't willing to hear her out, then those are bigger issues that show that he's not ready to be in a long-term relationship and he's not ready to compromise for the other person. In that case, if the girl has already tried to talk about it a couple times, I would say, you know, just think about whether you really like this person and whether you really think this person is worth the long-term relationship because, I don't know, maybe you guys need to do some growing together. Maybe you need to like talk through what you expect of each other. Maybe you've never encountered this territory before, you know, this is your first time doing drugs. I don't know. But communication is always key in a relationship. I think that is a very big thing. I used to be a big bottler as well. And also the worst part about me before was that I was passive aggressive. So it was really, really bad because I would not communicate at all when I was upset or anything like that. And I have learned that that is very bad and very toxic in a relationship. So communicate when you can and communicate anything and everything to your partner because it's better that you know you over communicate and you know there's details that he doesn't need to know but versus not communicating at all and him upsetting you because of your lack of communication yeah I think that would be my advice I really do feel for this girl though it sucks but anyways let's move on to the second story okay the second story is from a reddit or a subreddit called am i the asshole so the story starts am i the asshole for refusing to share my inheritance with a sibling hello reddit i don't have anyone i can share these thoughts with in person so i'm hoping you guys can help me resolve this 
The person is a 20-year-old male, so I'm a single child, or at least I thought I was. Just over a year ago, I discovered that I have a sister, Lucy. The story goes that my mother had a child with her first boyfriend while she was in college, and they couldn't support her, so she opted opted for adoption at birth. (laughs) My father was aware of this, but I was never told. Anyways, about a year ago, she made contact with our mother. They've gotten on pretty well, keep in touch, and go on the odd lunch. Lucy's also attended a couple of our family events this past year. Her and I get along fine as well. We're different people, so not friends, so I sort of see her as an acquaintance slash friend of the family, I guess. It's a little odd because I know we're closely related, but at the same time, she doesn't feel like family, if that makes sense. Okay, so there's the backstory, now on to the dilemma. My grandparents on my mother's side both passed away a few years ago. My mother was their only child, and I, their only, only grandchild, and they left their entire estate to me. This this was known to my parents and me before they passed, as they had expressed it when they made their will. My parents were well off financially, my mom's a nurse and the dad's a doctor, and so they were fine with the arrangement. I was given access to the money on my 20th birthday, and the sum of the money was much larger than I expected, totaling around $6 million. This is why I can't really talk about this with anyone impartial because I don't really want friends, etc. to know. Anyway, a few weeks ago, my mother sat me down and asked me to share the money with Lucy. Now, here's the thing, like I said, to me, Lucy is essentially an acquaintance. I know we're related by blood, but I don't exactly feel the type of connection to her that would merit giving her such a large sum of money or any money at all for that matter. So I explained that to my mother and she wasn't exactly happy with my answer. She believes I'm being extremely selfish and that Lucy could benefit from this money as well since she's a college student and in debt. Here's why I think I might be the asshole. I don't really see that as my problem. I believe family is who feels like family, not who shares your DNA. Secondly, my grandparents were aware of Lucy's existence even though they never met her and they chose to leave everything to me all the same. Also, it is not as though Lucy grew up poor in the foster system or anything. She was adopted at birth by what seems like two great people. Her adoptive parents are an accountant and a teacher. P.S. I do not plan to just hoard the money. I'm starting law school this year and plan to use it to start my own firm once I'm finished. So go forth and judge me, please. Am I being the selfish asshole here? Or am I justified in thinking that simply being related by blood doesn't merit any claim here? One part of me, and I think it's like being raised in an Asian family where family is literally anything and you will do anything for everyone. Because he got so much money, I don't think it is impossible to give up $10,000, $50,000. $50,000 is already a lot of money and can cover a lot of college costs and a lot of debt. So I feel like that's definitely not possible. But I do agree with the uh, brother that family is not DNA because I don't even think, I don't know. In my opinion, if I were in this situation and I was the guy who got the inheritance, I would not consider Lucy my sister just because, again, like I don't think that talking for one year and meeting up a couple times merits being a family member and being someone so intimate that I would share this inheritance with. So I think he's fine, to be honest, in my opinion. I think that, I think that if this were me, I would give a little bit of money, but not like split it 50-50 because that's definitely not it. I would give like what, $10,000 to $50,000, nothing of like big value. It is big to some people, but in the context of the money that he received it's not a lot 
because I don't think you are responsible for her debt. You're not responsible for her life. Like she has parents. I don't think that even, I don't think Lucy would consider her parents the birth mom and the birth dad. I think she's much more acquainted with her actual mom and dad, the accountant and the teacher. So I don't think it's that family's responsibility, even if you're related by blood to cover your costs and give you money. Yeah. And I think that's that, honestly, it's, I, it, it, it's a very hard situation, obviously. I think though, I don't think I would spend the money the way that he does, or he plans to opening a law firm and stuff like that. I think I would definitely give it back to a lot of the family that I have or are still currently alive. But I think he's justified in not giving money to her because if the grandparents knew about the girl's existence and still chose not to pass down any of the inheritance to her, then obviously they didn't value her relationship to the family. And all in all, it is the grandparents' choice technically because it is their assets. So I think it's fine. I think I think he's justified in feeling that way. Don't cancel me if you don't feel the same, but yeah. Our last story today. Would I be the asshole if I bailed on something important to my husband because he did the same to me? Three years ago, I bought tickets for my husband and I to go to a band that was iconic to my hometown and my childhood. It was going to be the last time that this band would ever play, so for a month straight, I reminded my husband when it was and why it was important to me. The night finally came and my husband admitted that he never requested off from work because he never heard me say when it was. It was a four-hour drive to the concert, and I was so upset that I crashed five miles from my destination. Some farmer pulled my car out, and I ended it—I ended up making it on time. However, I was so sad that I had a hard time enjoying any of it. He never did anything to try and make it up to me, and to this day, I can't even listen to my favorite music without reliving that day and crying. Anyway, recently, my husband purchased us both tickets to his favorite band, and when you know it, it's the last time they are ever going to play. Would I be the asshole if I told him that I'm not going with him because I want him to experience what it's like to have his spouse abandon him during a once-in-a-lifetime event? More info? I brought it up once a year, but I still don't think that he understands how important it was. It was right up there with being as important as our wedding or the birth of our first child. I've forgiven him for everything else he's ever done to me, but I don't know how to get past this. I spent my whole childhood imagining being able to bring my future spouse with me to enjoy the experience together as a couple. I desperately wanted him to be there to understand a part of me, and now that chance is forever gone. More context? I'm autistic and have hyperfixation. I wasn't going to bring it up because it isn't an excuse. Some people were wondering why it was such a big deal. This is a very loaded argument. I will start by saying that. I read once, and I think it was in The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. It was that in a relationship, you don't have to care about everything that your spouse or partner cares about. It's not going to happen for sure. You, you're going to have diverging interests. But even if something is very important to your partner, it is not your duty as a good partner to care about every single thing or maybe like for example if your partner really enjoys mm, if your partner really enjoys running for example like my boyfriend loves running I don't think as a partner you need to devote your entire life to running now just because your partner likes it I definitely think that you can be open-minded in trying out running if you've never done it before. But if it's not something that you enjoy, you don't have to 
make yourself enjoy it for the sake of your partner. Why I bring that up is I believe that the husband had some, some, very little right in that he didn't have to care about the band as much as the wife did. But this, this situation gets a lot more complex and I think all three of these situations are very, very complex and nuanced with a lot of details. The situation gets a lot more complex because the wife brought it up multiple times, brought it up for a month straight, and expressed how important it was to her. If I were the husband and I saw that something was so important to my wife and I saw that she loved something so much, then yeah, I would put in the effort to try and at least listen to their music, take off work for sure, and enjoy the concert with her. Like if if it was the wife's dream to have brought a spouse to that concert, to her favorite band, then like I would be more than honored that I was the spouse that got to, that got to go, you know? So I do think the husband was at fault because he didn't prioritize the wife's needs and values. And I don't think that he needs to, you know, become a diehard fan of the band at all. Like he doesn't have to if that's not his style of music. But if it's like such an important life event where the wife values it as much as a wedding or the birth of a child, then I would take that as a sign as, oh, I should also care about this because my wife cares about this so much. But that being said, I would not try to ruin my husband's favorite event, band, whatever, just because of something that happened in the past. I don't hold grudges very easily. Um, I would say that I don't hold grudges at all, I think. So although this event may have really, really upset me in the past, I think that as a partner, I wouldn't want my partner to feel that way. If I felt so terrible because my partner bailed on me and didn't go to the concert and I had such a terrible time, like I would not wish that upon anyone, upon like my worst enemy, let alone my husband or my partner. So I do believe that the wife should go. Obviously, it's ultimately up to her choice, but I do believe that the wife should go and have a, try to have a good time with the husband because these kind of petty resentments I don't even think it's petty actually I think just this kind of resentment that builds up like this in the relationship is only going to get worse as time goes on so try not to build up more of these things because I think that can be harmful to the long-term consequence of the relationship you know but yeah it's a very hard topic and It's very situational also, I think. Although we know a lot of the details, we don't know everything. And we don't know the entire context of the relationship and just like anything like that. So it is really hard to say. But I do think she would be the asshole. I'm sorry to this lady, but I do think so. But yeah. All right. Those are all the Reddit stories that I'm going to cover today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit different, but I thought of this idea and I thought it'd be very fun. So I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you follow the podcast Instagram at overeasythepodcast. Watch on YouTube. 
do whatever you like. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next time. Bye.